0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of James Talks, um, again really great to have you all here again. Um, I've got another guest with me today, um, a new friend of mine from Taiwan, is that right? That's right.
1: Yeah,
0: um, Cindy Brandt, uh, who is a, um, a writer and a blogger and um, yeah, so welcome Cindy, it's really great to have you on. Yeah, thank you
1: for having me, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I connected with Cindy um, on Twitter, I think it is. Um, that's, how we, that's how we connected, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then I saw her website wow. and her book and things and thought this is somebody I've got to have on the podcast. So, uh, um, yeah, it's going to be really great. I think I'm looking forward to this. So, um, okay, so Cindy, just tell us a bit of your story and um, like your background on how you got to where you are now.
1: Well, because I'm a faith blogger, I write about faith and social justice, and um, I, I can't really tell my story of how I got to become a writer without sort of a little bit of my faith background. Yeah. Uh, I was born and raised um, in Taiwan in a non-religious family, but uh, they, because they wanted me to have a Western education, they sent me to a school that was founded by missionaries. And so it was there that I became a Christian. Um, I was 12 years old, and, and it pretty much shaped my entire childhood um, into young adulthood because I was quite committed. And I just, you know, believed that everything in my life that was meaningful had to be from the lens of sort of sharing the gospel, the evangelical, you um, Sort, I mean, agenda is a bad word, but, you know, the evangelical movement. And and so um, that's—so then I went off to a Christian college, and I went to seminary, and then from there I went out into the mission field and was in ministry for several years. and But then it was around that time that I sort of started to have a bit of a faith crisis, Um And so I always kind of say that my writing life began when I was sort of at the end of my, I had so much angst that was building up inside of me. I felt like my writing, when I started to begin writing, that coincided with sort of the breaking point. Um, And, you know, at the time it was because I was thinking through, rethinking through all these things that I believed about my faith. I was reading blogs, right? I mean, mm. that was the way that I processed my deconstruction. And I was reading, you know, especially with the emergence of all the progressive Christian writers, um, Rachel help Evans
0: and, mm.
1: and all these people. So I was reading these blogs and, and, you know, that was kind of when blogging sort of became yeah. big. Um, but then I just got to the point where I, I felt like I w I wasn't reading what I wanted to read anymore. I had kind of seen it all. And, and I still was, my mind was still turning, and I was still processing, and I had all these ideas. And, of course, I have quite a unique background with, as a missionary convert. And, you know, so I just felt like, you know, there's, there's still things that need to be said that aren't being said out there. So that was kind of when I started writing. So that was about two and a half years ago. I haven't really been doing this for very long. But um, so that's kind of where I am today.
0: So, um, so how has your, your kind of creative journey progressed, like from where it kind of began, like where did, where did kind of the blogging start to come out of, you know, when, why did you start the blog and start writing and start doing all of that stuff?
1: Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think part of the reason was, you know, nobody ever talked about creativity when I was a young Christian.
0: Hmm. That's crazy. I mean, <laughs> it's mad, yeah,
1: isn't it? Yeah, really connected that into a sacred calling. You know, the most sacred thing that you could do was always share the gospel with people. But nobody really talked about how living into a creative life was also a central part of who we are meant to be as Christians. And so, you know, I think I just came to believe that creating something and making something was you know, I wasn't, I didn't know for sure, but I just got this sense that if I just made something instead of kind of criticizing everything, maybe that could help my faith journey. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that I think it has, you know, I think it was because you know, when you write a piece of article or a blog, you have to try to you have to try to find a redemptive angle for it to be a compelling piece of writing. And so being forced, you know, not forced, but disciplined into doing that week after week, you know, reflecting deeply on and be honestly about what was going on, you know, with my faith deconstruction, but then also looking to redeem it somehow. it, It was, you know, it was a good practice for me. To recover
0: just life in, in my in my faith. Yeah, that's one thing I was going to ask actually. About how you like, yeah. I I when I when I write, I um, I often find that my writing becomes quite therapeutic for me, and mm-hmm. that uh, that when I'm writing, it unlocks things inside of me that I didn't know were there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, not just things about me, but things that yeah, you know, reflections and thoughts and ideas. Yeah. While, I, while I'm writing, that they just kind of it, writing is kind of like a key which unlocks a lot of that. Is, is that. is that your experience?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's because I think it's it's just the way our brain works. You know, like if we are actively trying to form words and form content and you know make something that is that makes sense, then I think our brain begins to you know move in a direction where other things can be can be unlocked like you said I definitely have had that experience as well and yeah sometimes it's very surprising what comes out you know you start off you have an idea and you start writing and then you end up with something quite different and but you know that was in there
0: so can you give us a, give give us an experience one particular instance when that's happened with you
1: we can maybe talk about the most recent post that I wrote you know I started off sort of I had this idea to talk about justice because you know Orlando had just happened this past week and you know like everyone else I was shell-shocked I was thinking about the tragedy reflecting on all the most meaningful things of life that happens when something like that happens Mm. um but I didn't, you know, I didn't want to blog about it because I was sure there was going to be lots of other people that need to be talking about it other than me. But I, I started to just reflect upon justice. But then as I started to write, I I. I began the piece starting about writing about my own writing and creativity mm. and, and I decided to make that connection and that I never set out to really do that and it just kind of happened and so that was one experience recent experience that yeah that, it worked
0: that way yeah I mean I, I wrote about um I felt like I had to write something about what happened uh, yeah, and yeah we're recording this just the week after um, Orlando and um the shooting in the UK of uh, an MP as well. Um, okay. um, but yeah, so I, I mean, before actually the shooting happened in the UK, I I felt moved to write something about Orlando. Um, and because I just, I just thought I had to do, had to say something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. there's something in there. You have to say it and you can't yeah. just keep it in. And, um, and I did a podcast as well this week um, on uh, the gun issue in America. And well. Which I've been meaning to do for a while, but this kind of just heightened it. And I thought, well, oh, I've just got to do it this week. Um, and then I did a Periscope last night, actually, about, with some more reflections. So it's funny how this kind of thing un- tends to unlock a
1: mm-hmm. lot of
0: creativity, you know. Um, yeah. I certainly found that suffering can unlock creativity. Uh, has, that right. been, has that been your experience as well?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah, so I, I have written many blog posts out of, you know, anger and uh, hurt. And I, I don't think that my readers can tell. And again, I think that's it's one of the uh, gifts of trying to write a good piece because I think you sort of filter and not not in an inauthentic way but you, you just can't you know you can't say I cried for 20 minutes you know on a piece of writing mm. but you have to try to be a little bit articulate and and um, but yeah I, I think that there's been many pieces that I've written that have come out of experiences in my own life and and it's it's been interesting to see what does come out on paper from those times and They
0: are usually very poignant, you know, some of my better pieces. Mm. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, talking about, actually, vulnerability and authenticity, what is the level that you think that you can be vulnerable in your writing? Because I've I've talked about vulnerability and that it's important to be vulnerable, but there's also got to be, you know, specific boundaries you've got to have as well. Like you can you don't just give everything away to everybody, you know um, there are boundaries so what what does that look like for you? i mean how 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 vulnerable are you when you're writing and how do you set those boundaries of being vulnerable and not being vulnerable?
1: well i I think it was Brene Brown that sort of taught me a little bit about that because of course she is the queen of vulnerability.
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: But I think she said she had said something about how you shouldn't. Um, you, you should only write about things after you've already processed. You know that the, the 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 act of processing, for example, you know a deep hurt or a suffering in your life, like that, should be done with close trusted friends and not the public.
0: Hmm. Agree. But, yeah.
1: But then after you've processed it and then, you, you know, you've kind of collected your, your feelings, your reflections, then you can sort of write about it. And then you can be truthful at that point, you know, to, to um, yeah, speak truth into your experiences as you remember it and how you move through that. And I think that's something that I, I do try to do. I mean, I have, like I said, I have written blog posts after, you know, while still raw from suffering, but I don't, I do not talk about it specifically. I don't identify any people. Um, so I, I think that's, I think that's a good role to have because, um, I, I do think, you know, you do read bloggers who sort of just kind of, use their blog as an online journal or, you know, just kind of reflect out loud. And I don't think that that's always very wise just because this is the internet (laughs) and it is the Mm, public. mm. And yeah, sometimes... I think whenever we we are vulnerable, it has to be intentional. There has Mm. to be a purpose behind what you're choosing to be vulnerable with. And you just can't do that when you are raw from whatever emotion it is that you're processing Yeah, I don't think you can do that well just
0: because of our human frailty yeah I agree I really do um, it's really important to have I mean I know that there are those bloggers aren't there who just basically write everything out and it's just a yeah. way of processing things and you know if, they, if people want to do that they can do that but I think I mean I have a private blog which I don't I don't uh-huh. share at all with anybody and nobody knows where it is or what the link is, or anything. When people find it, they will, you yeah, know, they might find it, but generally people, I don't promote it, and people don't know about it, and it's kind of like my online journal. Yeah. Um, and, I, yeah, I think we all need something like that. I think, you know, I yeah.
1: think... It, it depends on what your, the purpose of your blog is, too. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, it, like yeah. you said, there, there's a context for every kind of writing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, the, the other thing that I've, I've found is that those kind of spaces those kind of journal types things that we keep whether they're online or whether they're just written that we can yeah. use those if we if we if we keep hold of them we can actually ref- go back reflect on those things look at that writing and then take it and make something something which can help people you know
1: yeah. I, I don't journal but I I do really envy people who do especially as a writer because you forget details and it would be nice to have a journal where you can go back and say oh yeah this this is what had happened and yeah, I think it's a really good practice I wish I did it more
0: I'm trying to do it a bit more now because I'm going through well I'm not going through a tough time but I'm dealing with a lot of issues from 20 years mm-hmm. ago which I hadn't processed before which is painful mm-hmm. so I'm coming up against a lot of conflict and pain and stuff like that so and I'm realising that actually this might be useful for other people at some point. So I'm trying yeah. to write it all down so that I can go back to it and then make mm-hmm. make it into something, you know. Um, because I think this kind of stuff, I think these kind of things can be really, really helpful for other people in that, you know, one the one thing that we, we love to know is that we're not alone. Right. And writing can yeah. remind us that we're not alone, um, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that vulnerability is a muscle that you build. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that, you know, at first, like I think when I first started blogging was much, much harder for me to be to be more vulnerable with my true thoughts and and ideas. And but then I think what builds that muscle is really putting it out there and knowing that it, it doesn't kill you. You know, mm. it may not be the most wise thing that you put out there, and you may make mistakes, and that certainly happens. Um, but most of the time, it you know, it is hard to put yourself out there. But then, when you do, and and it doesn't kill you, and you survive it, then you realize, okay, I can do this again. And you see the way that it connects with people and helps people, and that's that's very encouraging and. Uh, you know, boost your
0: courage and and be vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and that leads me onto the next question I was going to ask, which is about um, authenticity and you know being authentic. And you know, in the kind of the blogger world as it is now, it's like there's a lot of stuff about platform building and about marketing mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And my experience, there's if you're not careful, that can that can
1: kill your soul kill
0: your soul yeah it can i was trying to find the right phrase it can, <laughs> it, can it can hinder your creativity and it can um on a very subconscious level but because you're, you're thinking too much about what other people think mm-hmm. and then it can start to you start to try and you start to make things which you think well what will sell what will what will people read what will you know what title will work What? what's going to get the best seo you know all these kind of things and they can get into your subconscious if you're not careful. Um, so how do you kind of maintain that authenticity and integrity in your work?
1: Well, I mean, I hope this isn't too egotistical of me to say, but I, I don't really know how not to be authentic. I mean, it's just kind of who I am. I am I, not like a fake person (laughs) so I I don't I can't even imagine writing inauthentically I always write I feel like what is true for me Um, but in terms of platform and numbers I feel like I've grown so much in that area from my early blogging days because yeah in the beginning of course you have to look at your numbers because you need to know you know if it's working if what you're writing is working And so I, yeah, I just like many other bloggers, I got really hung up on those numbers and it does kind of kill your soul because then you start to write for, um, for those numbers. But, but I don't know. I feel like I just don't really struggle with that as much anymore. I, I, I actually have a very bad gauge of how big of an audience I have, you know, because like till this day, I will still be utterly surprised when I hear of people who have read my blog. (laughs) <laughs> mm. you know I just I just I'm because you know writing is so you sit in front you sit in a room by yourself in front of a computer you push it out there and it's a little bit nebulous right mm. like the internet can be a little bit you know and so even when people read it I'm just like what? you read my blog and it surprises me and so I think when I do write I'm very much focused on just deeply reflecting and I do think about my audience but I think I I try to focus on maybe just one or two people that I might want to write to and that helps me really just focus in on this one person like I'm not writing for the public even though it's in the back of my mind I I try to maintain that focus and maybe that helps me with my authenticity I don't know does that make sense
0: Yeah it does I mean I you know, and yeah, I I understand the whole idea of, you know, authenticity not being a conscious thing in a sense. In it's just about yeah, because you can try too hard to be authentic, can't you? Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and you get you actually get, I think you get bloggers who try, who are, I mean, I've seen bloggers who are almost trying too hard to be authentic in a sense. You know. Yeah.
1: I think, and I think that goes along with what we were saying earlier about vulnerability, like people who just kind of spill their guts. Without too much filter.
0: Yeah, it's kind of fun. The balance in between, isn't it? Um,
1: it I is. Guess. It takes. I think it takes discernment and it takes some practice to get to get it right.
0: Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Yeah, exactly. I...
1: And it is a gray area, you know. Sometimes, it is. I feel like it's not. You can't always. And I feel like it also matters if you're a small blogger or a huge big time blogger.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I mean, if you know that you're writing for just a small audience, I feel like you do write differently. And, and that's why I, I you know, I, I've heard of bloggers who are just these huge, have these huge numbers that they talk about how their writing has had to change because they just have to be more careful about what they're putting out there by sheer volume of
0: who will yeah, be reading. Yeah, I think, yeah. I guess I'm an idealist a little bit. I would just say that I would just write what I'm going to write and what I care about, and if a hundred thousand people are reading or 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 ten people are reading, it shouldn't. You know, I I I I'm aware that you've got to be conscious of who you're writing to, but uh-huh. um, it. I think I think the th- I think what I, I think the thing here is, is your living dependent on your art? Yeah, and I. I read um, Big Magic, which is the best book on creativity I've ever read.
1: Oh yes, I love that book. Uh,
0: um, and Liz Gilbert talks about how she, yeah, how actually that um, creativity doesn't owe us anything. That
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that she feeds it. It shouldn't be
0: yeah that it shouldn't be burdened with having to be our you know our source of income and and um, that actually she did she even like even when she was a paid writer like for big magazines and all this kind of thing and having books published before Eat, Pray, Love um, but she was having and, you know, so she was making money out of her work but it was, she she still had jobs you know, she still waited yeah. tables and all this Sorry. kind of thing and because that was very inspiring because she didn't want yeah, exactly it's really inspiring because she didn't want um, her income to be dependent on her writing so she wanted to be free to do the writing she wanted to do you know, um, I think even recently that she was running a business in New York with her husband, like they had a shop that they own uh-huh. together yeah. and like, this is after eat, pray, love and you know, all of that. So, um, wow, that's yeah, I think that's a really, that's really good, good wisdom from, I think. Well,
1: I think what I, what inspires me about that is like, I also have a day job and I, What I like about that is I feel like my writing draws from my sort of ordinary day experiences. You you, you have to live a life in order to have things to write about, you know. And Mm. so that's what I enjoy. I can't really imagine being a full-time writer. It's like, well, what would I write about? I would just write about how I wrote.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would love to coach writers i'd love to help writers grow and you know i'd love to i like help people find their identity and you okay. know and all of that i i care about that you know and i'd love yeah. to do i'd love to i'd love to coach people from my, i'd love i mean i'd do it for free but you know i coach people or speaking or whatever about all the about the things that i'm passionate about but and i do i would do that for money but i don't think i would ever want to have my living dependent on my writing. Mm. Because I don't want my writing to be or my creativity to be hindered by the like, like Liz Gilbert says, by the burden of it being my my income. You know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um I think but that's a misconception. I mean there's a lot of I know I know that there's a lot of bloggers who struggle with authenticity because their writing is is their income.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, I, I guess I just feel like there are I, I don't know. There are writers who they, they have to, right? I mean...
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: So I, I I don't know. Everyone has their different purposes, and that's one thing I've learned about being in this writing world is so many people write for so many different reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, some some just want to write magazines. Others want to publish a book. Others are content to self-publish, and there's just so many different stories that are out there of writing and creativity, and so... But yeah, I, I think, I do think the whole making your living on writing does make creativity more complicated. Um, mm. But I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, just changing tack a little bit, um, a lot of your writing is about like art and justice. Uh-huh. And you talk about the concept of the gap as well. Um,
1: yes, see that Vimeo by Ira Glass?
0: Uh, I didn't get a chance to look at it properly but I, I when I was going through your site and reading it I, I noticed what well, that's something that really stood out so can you can you kind of unpack that concept and what that what that's all about and what that looks like for you Yeah
1: so um, it's just a little video and I don't know if it's uh, based on something else but uh, Ira Glass narrates it and and he he just basically says that Those of us who are creators, we become a creative person because we have a certain taste, right? We see good design, we see good writing, we see good art, and we are able to admire it and critique it, and we have a high taste for what's good. Mm -hmm. And so, excuse me, so when the creator starts to make their own art... There's this gap between what they know is good and what they see that they've made. Mm. Um, and so that's that's the gap. Um, and I think I mean I think that Vimeo was resonated with so many people and definitely with me as well because I every time I write an article, I think you know I mean, I try to not be too. Um, self-deprecating but in the beginning I definitely struggled I would I would repeatedly say how much it sucks because I just see that it's not as good as what I would like it to be mm. um, and so that's, that's that gap right um, yeah. because I'm a good enough reader to know what good writing is but I'm not yet a good enough writer to write that good writing um, and so but he, you know, it was very encouraging because he was naming it so, so that we all know that we're not alone in thinking that, and also saying that it's normal. It's it's normal. Of course, you're an artist. That's why you have the gap. Yeah. You know, if you're a person who just thinks that you're great at everything you write, then you know it's probably not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah.
0: It's very difficult, isn't it? To you can't. It's very difficult. That, that gap is very very real because you. You, it's really difficult to see your writing as, as 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 good as anybody else. It's like, you know, it's like other people, oh, they're great writers. Wow, look at them. They're fantastic, you know. Um, but it's just... But you think, well, mine's just pathetic and rubbish and it's nowhere near as good, you know. Um, yeah, and there's that
1: writer envy, you know, when I read a good book or even just a good sentence and I, I'm just, like, blown away hmm. by the magnificence of it and thinking, why didn't I... Why hadn't I come up with that, you know, just that simultaneous respect and envy um, that I think we all experience.
0: We all, No, I I totally, totally do, yeah, when I'm, yeah, when I'm reading like, you know, Liz Gilbert or Rob Bell or people like that who I really admire, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like, (sighs) wow. well, I wish I could write that. I wish I you know, yeah, that's so good, you know. Um, yeah. Why do I even bother, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh. It's just such good writing, you know. Um, and then you try and write and you try and do this, like, and you're trying to get these things out of you, and it's like, and you write this stuff down, and you think, this is not, this isn't good enough. Like, I can do better than this, you know? It's like, yeah. do you ever feel like that? When you've written something, and you feel like it was the best thing you wrote when you wrote it, but then you uh-huh. look at it, and you think, oh this isn't I wanted to say it better than this I wanted to I wanted to you know I wanted to convey this better you know have you, have yeah. you ever experienced that I
1: actually that? So, I should swing the pendulum a lot when I write I will think that it's the best thing that has ever been written one moment oh. and then the next moment think that it should no, it should never see the light of day <laughs> so <laughs> you know because I do believe that every writer has to have an ego
0: oh yeah so,
1: I don't deny that ego inside of myself that sometimes does think that I, I, I you know, I rocked it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But and I also do swing that pendulum and think that it's, it's the worst thing that's ever been written. Yeah,
0: um, I think that's so. common, actually. I think that's common. <laughs> I think it's good to have confidence in yourself in a way and right. recognize when you've achieved something. Um, I find that really, really difficult. I find that really, really difficult. That's probably the biggest struggle that I have, actually. Um, um, I'm much more on the critical side. You know, that's, that's a lot easier, isn't it? Like, if you get 99... If you get 100 reviews and, and you get 99 good ones and one of them's negative, what's the one that you remember? You know, it's the negative one. It's always a negative one. and um,
1: We all need to practice self-love and be gentle on ourselves.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. I think there's actually a thing in the brain. I'd, I I'd, I I'd interviewed a neurologist for uh, this podcast, and um, cool. and they said that I, I think it was them that said negative things on the brain impact you really quickly, like instantaneously. They kind of sink in and connect. Mm. Whereas a positive thing, you have to actually you have to actually be aware of it and hold on to that thought for like 15 seconds for it to sink in the same way with a positive feel. Oh, that's
1: tool. so interesting.
0: And yeah, so I've been, I mean, I, I say I try so to this practice So that's what it. we should
1: do for our blog comments. Spend 15 seconds on every positive one. Yeah. To counter that one negative.
0: Comment. Yeah, I think so. I think that's, I think, I think we should, yeah. I think that's, yeah.
1: It's so true how much negativity just spreads. and I. And I, I often hear people say, oh, everything is so negative these days. You know, the internet, Twitter is so negative. and And I, I often think that it's not that it's all negative, it's that the negative things are sticking in your head.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I always, I try to, I try to encourage people online and I try to put positive stuff out there into the world. You know, it's like, um, yeah. but it often gets, I mean, I'm not say it gets ignored, but,
1: Right, but, it does, I, I uh, know it. I,
0: I just feel like we need to do that more, you know, because people criticise, like you say, people criticise these mediums, these social media platforms, because everything's negative, everyone's so critical, these trolls, and all this kind of thing, yeah, but think about it, if, if that many negative people can say all that stuff, then people could say that much positive stuff as well, if they wanted to, yeah. you know? That's just... So, well, I appreciate
1: um, you putting positive stuff out there. And I will spend 15 seconds on the next <laughs> positive thing that you can do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so, uh, just uh, the next thing I was, yeah, we um, art and no, justice. Let's,
1: just talk, let's keep talking a bit about Ira Glass because he doesn't just stop at um, explaining what the gap is, he goes on to say that. The way that you move through that gap, or to try to close that gap, the only way to do it is to practice lots and lots. You know, and that, that at that point in the video, there's post-it notes, lots, 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 repeated all over. So it's mm. very striking and uh, memorable. And I think that's you know, I mean, there's just no fast way to become good at something. There is no, there's no quick cells, There's no magic potion. The only way is to just continue doing it and practicing it. So I just wanted to make sure that that the point of his message got across.
0: Yeah, no, practice practice is really really important, and that and that's not just with the skill, but with the mindset as well, isn't it? That's what you're kind of what you're saying. It's mm-hmm. retraining your brain in a sense mm-hmm. to think differently. You know, um, mm-hmm. to think to react to, to notice more positive things mm-hmm. uh, and to actually recognize positive things in yourself, you know, mm-hmm. um, without, yeah. without getting carried away with the ego, you know, but actually yeah. saying, you know what, this isn't bad, you know, um, this isn't, this doesn't completely suck, you know, um, I mean, you should be able to tell what you should be able to recognize when stuff you're making isn't that good because sometimes we all it's... make stuff bad. That's bad. But at the same time, you should be able to recognize the things that are good.
1: Um, well, well, this is why I think that blogging is a great medium because I don't think people expect blogs to be, you know, edited and polished. They, I think we all have, you know, uh, you know, we expect blogs to, to be sort of not completely sanitized. And I don't know, it's just a great medium for, for writers to practice. You know, when I write a blog yeah even if it's not perfect I still publish it I publish every blog that I write because even if I even if I know that it's not that great it's just a blog (laughs) you know it's gonna nobody's gonna talk about it in three days after it's out there and so but it's it's a great way to um to just practice putting Mm -hmm. stuff out I think it was Jeff Goins that talk about just shipping you know just ship your product and Perfectionism is such a, a enemy of the artist. Oh, absolutely!
0: Yeah, I mean Liz Gilbert talks about that. Yeah, uh, perfectionism is just right. no good. It just does tons of damage, and you know, will um, because then because then it'll never be good enough. Nothing will ever be good enough, right. and there's no point in that, you know. Um, and it, yeah
1: you just have to trust that well every piece that you put out there you know that, it, that you do get better at what you do and I think it happens I think that yeah I think we're rewarded when we put in the effort
0: yeah absolutely yeah I, I completely agree with you um, yeah that, I mean I love that concept of the gap that is I think that's a really really important idea that we need to you know yeah uh, you'll have to click into the link and
1: watch it it's very powerful
0: yeah, I recommend that definitely. Um, um, so, uh, i i just wanted to t- briefly touch on art and justice because that's something you talk about on your on your blog.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: what do you see? That how do you see is the connection between art and justice?
1: Um. Well. First of all, like I was talking about in the beginning of this podcast about how my evangelical upbringing never talked very much about creativity. And yeah, I just think that that was a mistake because I feel like if if we believe justice to be a central concern of the gospel, then we have to be able to exercise our imagination in trying on our way to achieving justice, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, the only way to subvert authority is to be able to think outside of the box that authority has given you to think inside of. Mm. And, but it's, it, that's not easy because it's kind of like the systems, you know. So, for example, um, uh, patriarchy. You know, everything in our society is set up to, you know, give the message that men is superior than women. Um, and so in order to break out of that we have to be able to think you know beyond that that boundary that's been fed to us indoctrinated into us um, so I just think it's vital to um, cultivate a, a a creative spirit and you know I'm the next book that I'm writing about is gonna be about it's a parenting book mm-hmm. I kind of call it a Progressive Christian parenting book, and so I talk about this quite a bit in my book. That we have to, you know, encourage creativity in our children for a Christian reason. It's because we want them to be a prophetic voice in the world that they grow into, um, and so that's one way that I think that art is in, inextricably connected to justice because we we need creatives. Um, and you look at some of the, you know, what we call prophets of our day. So, for example, um, John Stewart from The Daily Show. You know, yes. the way that he's so incisive in talking about issues and getting to the point. I mean, he's an artist, right? He's mm-hmm. a comedian. But, you know, he, you can tell how much time him and his team um, spend creating and formulating and researching to come up with that perfect punchline
0: mm.
1: that delivers a punch that helps us, you know, kind of rethink politics and and uh, and subvert what needs to be subverted. Yeah. Um, so and you know, there's a reason why authoritarian governments destroy, you know, artworks and literature, and you know, kill the. <laughs> the authors and, and all that stuff because they know that that is the stuff of revolution, you know, the creative person are yeah. the people change the world. And so, yeah, that's, that's one way I think art is linked to justice. And, and I guess, you know, the other thing that I personally talked about is I, as, as a writer myself, you know, I, I realized that internally my um, mechanism to create art is very similar to the way that I would approach also justice making, you know, just, um, Mm. being able to, so I talk about writing what makes a piece of good writing is sort of stripping all the unnecessary words and leaving only the ones that really have a purpose. Mm. Um, and so I feel like it's kind of in a similar way, justice is the same way. It's sort of how can we break through the noise of all that, you know, the system, the message that the system has to give us and find the truth. That's sort of the essence of um, what justice is. And so, for example, again, with patriarchy, you know, the way that we subvert patriarchy is to, to cut out the noise that's telling us that, you know, that women don't have the right to exercise their gifts, that women don't have a voice, that they need to minimize themselves, you know, and how can we, deep you know clear those messages out those toxicity out so that they can live fully into who they are um so yeah just sort of that's that's just the an idea that i had that it seems to be the same mechanism
0: Mm. yeah i think so i think i mean there's so many great pieces of art whether it's music or writing or or even film, which are kind of prophetic voices, you know, which challenge yeah. people's thinking. And, and when something's authentic and when we are just expressing something
1: mm-hmm. and we're
0: not letting ourselves be hindered,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're able to be, I think, as artists, we're able to be prophetic voices.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because we're not controlled by anybody else, we're just putting our work out there, putting saying it out, how it is, and mm-hmm. that makes people think.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like you said, in a world filled with a lot of inauthenticity, being authentic is in itself prophetic, because you're. it takes a lot of courage to just be who you are in this world, so just the act of being authentic is prophetic, prophetic I think.
0: The act of being prophetic is authentic. That's, wow, yeah, that's really good. I like that. Yeah. Um. Okay, so just, wow, this has been really great. Um, um, I, I just wanted to finish with this, quest- this, quest- this question. If you were to say one thing to somebody who's kind of stuck on the creative journey, who's got to a pl- got to a place and then's got stuck, or somebody who's just beginning their kind of creative journey what would you what would you say as a word of encouragement or inspiration
1: i actually do get quite you know people coming to me asking me how to start a blog and how to become a blogger basically how to do what i do and well a, a few a while back i tweeted sort of snarky um On Twitter, I don't know if you saw it, but I said, this is how you become a blogger. Number one, start a blog. Number two, don't quit. Hmm. That was what I wrote. And (laughs) the idea behind that is basically, I think it just comes down to the discipline. You just You just keep practicing. I, you know, I blog regularly every single week, and there are some weeks that I don't feel like blogging, that I don't have an idea, and I sit there, you know, staring at a blank page forever. But I always try to end up with something, you know, and that's just kind of pushing through. Um, So I I recommend just pushing through the rut. Well, first of all, I would recommend relaxing about it because I think we all... When you're in that rut, you feel like you're never going to write something again. You're never going to be creative again. You're never, you know, those negative voices inside your head telling that. Those are lies. That's just not true. Mm
0: -hmm. The truth
1: is that you are, you know, in a rut, you know, and at a, yeah, like you'll come back from it. That's for sure. You know, it will come back to you. And so, but then,
0: while in the meantime, while you wait for it to come back to you, I think you should just keep writing and keep doing what it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's really encouraging, actually. That's just, yeah, nails it, I think. Just keep going, basically. Just persevere. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Don't quit.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how you become a blogger. If you don't quit, then you can be a blogger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, for coming today Cindy it's been really great talking to you I think you've yeah it's been so yeah encouraging and inspiring and and helpful I think um so um I think a lot of people will benefit from this so thank you thank you for
1: having me it's been nice to get to know you
0: yeah definitely yeah and you know we'll have you back again to talk about um to talk about this stuff more talk about some other stuff as well so um um yeah thank you so um okay so that's it for this week everybody i hope you've really enjoyed this podcast and um we'll talk soon